politicians are the virus. Yeah, man, maybe I am dumb. You think you're free? You think you're free just because you can't see the cage they keep you in? Fauci jerked off a pangolin, and now we all have COVID. It's us against them, guys. Get out there and spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Welcome to The Dad Presents. Thanks for checking in with me, you guys, per usual. Whether you're watching on YouTube or Spotify or Apple, please make sure you are subscribed because that helps feed my skinny, malnourished Asian babies. They're skinny, man. They're so skinny. You can practically, you can see the ribs through their back. These kids are skinny. I got to get them fed. You know, we're in a food shortage. A food shortage will be coming. We got the baby food shortage right now. We're going to have a food shortage this winter. It's inevitable at this point. Even the Biden administration is admitting it. When they are flat out telling you that before an election, it's coming. That's not a joke. It's coming. And I'm worried about these skinny brown boys living in my home. My dudes are... They're so skinny that in summer, when those California sunshine rays hit their skin and and tan that Filipino melanin all up and brown them up, we start getting casting calls for those, you know, like those uh, starving children charity ripoff ads. So I got to get these babies fed. I got to get paid. So please make sure you're subscribed. It helps us charge more for the ads. Um. All right, man. So. Are you guys watching on YouTube or Rumble right now? You see this? You see this behind me? Hey, man, are you at a log cabin right now? What's with the new set design? Hey, man, maybe this is just a new set design because I like to fuck around. Maybe that's it. Or maybe, maybe I am at a log cabin. Maybe the commune I've been planning for years has finally come to fruition. Fruition? Fruition. Fruition. I don't know how you say that word, but the commune has begun and you're all welcome to join. All you need to join the commune is have a useful skill like maybe plumbing or electricity or construction, you know, something we can put to work. You got to be a man who works with your hands. And if you don't have a skill, it's okay. You can still join because we love you. All you got to do is let the head of the commune sleep with your wife. And this is not my idea. This is not some sicko, you know, cult stuff. I don't want to have sex with your wife, but I'm willing to do my part for the future of humanity. Because like I said, there's going to be food shortages. People are going to die. We're going to need a thriving population of young people to get us through it all. And given that I am the leader, it would be selfish if I didn't start making babies with your wives. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I don't know, guys. I'm just messing around. Um. I'm happy and also a little bit disturbed to tell you that last week's show was actually the highest rated show we've done since the Ron Paul interview earlier in the year, which which blew me away because there was nothing special in particular about the show. Um, So if you're asking me, it says a lot more about you guys than it does about me, because I spent the first 15. If you didn't watch, you probably watched. If you didn't watch, I spent the first 15 minutes of that show detailing to you guys how my face, which you're looking at right now, was maimed for life. And you guys loved it. You loved it. So what does this mean about you guys? Does this mean that the audience of The Dad Presents is filled with the kind of people who laugh when they see somebody run into a tree or fall down steps? Is that the kind of sickos you guys are? Would I be better served 
to, to make a show where I just spent the whole hour just like punching myself in the head or hitting myself in the face with a hammer over and over? Is that what you guys want? Because if it is, you hit me up at Mad at the Dad Presents. We can stop with all this liberty stuff. We can stop with all the parenting stuff. And I can just give you an hour of dad on dad abuse every week because I want to give the people what they want. But another curious thing that I learned from looking at the numbers from SoundCloud last week is it was the, also the first episode in the entire history of the show. Two and a half, three years. I don't know how long we've been doing it, but this is the first time ever that we had more female listeners than men. And I find that very curious. And I think it confirms to us what we already know about men and women. Women tuned in because they are compassionate, because the dad hurt himself. He fell on his face. He blew up his nose. He had 26 stitches. And the ladies care. You ladies, you don't care that my mug is all ugly and defaced now. You've got empathy. You care what's in the dad's heart. And I appreciate you. And you men, you're just the exact disgusting creatures the women say you are. All you care about is what a girl looks like. The dad's all banged up now and not as pretty as he used to be. So you're out. It's very disappointing, guys. <laughs> Look, I mean, we've always known that women are better people than men, right? It's just facts. They're nicer. They're softer. They smell better, easier on the eyes. They're better people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a myth and a stereotype that women are better than men. It's a myth. It's a stereotype. It's perpetuated by Hollywood. And I'm not going to participate and fuel it anymore. I apologize. I know you men, especially the men listening to this good show. I know you're solid people. So screw that old trope. You're good people. Ladies, thank you for listening. Keep coming back every week. We're doing the best we can here. Now we've got a great interview in just a minute. But first, I got to give you a word from our sponsor, expressvpn.com slash the dad. ExpressVPN is a VPN blocker. So Google, the government, Facebook, none of these places can know where you're going, what you're Googling, what you're clicking. They can't track you. They don't know where you are. And if you use the code, the dad, expressvpn.com slash the dad, you get three free months, three free months. You don't pay till the fourth month. Can't beat that. I like free stuff. The older I get, the more inflation goes up, the more my dollars are valuable to me. And the more I watch what I spend three free months. I will do three free months of anything. So check it out. ExpressVPN.com slash the dad supporting them helps support this show. Thank you so much. So guys, we got a great guest for you today. As mentioned, inflation is soaring. Your money is becoming less valuable by the minute now. Gas out here is almost $7 a gallon. It might be $7 by today. I haven't checked. Another banking failure. It's coming. It's likely. You know, the banks that we bailed out in 2008, they've been doing all kinds of irresponsible lending and banking practices since they were last bailed out. So they, they haven't fixed what caused the problem. So yeah, we're going to have another banking failure, most likely. And the public will blame corporate greed and they'll blame the banks for being greedy when that happens. And there is corporate greed and those banks are greedy, but the blame lies with government because government lets those banks call the shots. The banks know they're too big to fail. They know that when they fail, that a bailout is coming. So it's like, we give them our money. They get to play with it and 
make big risky bets that if they hit, they make a lot of money. But if they fail, the government bails them out with our money. So if you could go to Vegas and take your life savings and put it on the Boston Celtics to win the NBA finals, knowing full well that if you lost the bet, the government would refund you your losses, you'd be in Vegas right now putting it all on the line. Why wouldn't you? You'd be stupid not to. And that's how these banks are operating. Okay. It's no good. There's going to be another banking failure within the next few years. There will be another bailout because those banks are protected. They're the ones calling the shots. Now, hopefully by the time the banks do fail, you will have protected your assets in something that's decentralized, something like Bitcoin or gold, something that they can't steal away from you with inflation. But another area we need decentralized in our lives is our information and our social networks. Because everything you put on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, it's not owned by you. And when they decide they don't want you anymore, when they, when they decide that your information you're putting out there is dangerous or doesn't fit their narrative, they can wipe you out and they can steal it. Gone. Bam. Like that. You saw it happen to this show on Twitter. Dad Presents was wiped out because we interviewed a doctor that they didn't like. So we need to get away from these ancient institutions. We need to move forward the, uh, these ancient institutions that have been around a decade, but they're ancient now because technology is bam, bam, bam. It's moving so fast. And our guest today, Justin Resvani, he's taking it next level. All right, guys. Today, our guest is Justin Resvani. He's the CEO of Zion. And we're lucky to have people like him in the world because he and his team are going to rescue us from the tyranny of Twitter and Facebook. You guys know how this show has been banned. Uh, that's the kind of thing they're working on. They're building a decentralized social network that runs on the Bitcoin lightning network. What does that mean? I don't really know. I'm old. So he's going to, he's going to explain that stuff to us today. Justin, how are you doing today? Good, my brother. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited you could come on. Um, now I definitely want to talk about Bitcoin and Zion and, and first, um, we should let you know this, this is not a Bitcoin show or an investment show. I've been in Bitcoin since 2014 but I still don't fully get it. So you're going to have to take it slow with us. Uh, but before we get into all that, um, I, I wanted to ask you, because I heard you on a couple other shows, and I'm, I'm a bit obsessed with the concept of death for as long as I can remember. And you know, the unknown can be like super terrifying to me, at least. I'm a, a bit of a control freak. And you recently had a bit of a life-transforming event, and I was yeah. hoping you could tell us what happened how it changed the way you live and and if it did anything for like your perception on on death. Sure. Yeah, I think it allowed me to have a much closer relationship with death, I would say. I uh, a few years ago I had a seizure in a dentist chair, found out that I had a cavernous malformation in my right temporal lobe, which is a fancy way to saying like a benign growth of blood vessels or like a benign tumor. Wow. Uh, that started bleeding. Um, I got rushed into the ICU, find out that I have to have it removed from my brain a couple of weeks after the day the seizure happened and went through brain surgery at, at 31 years old. So um, I've, uh, I've, I've lived a bit of life, I would say. Um, definitely lived a yeah. bit of life. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you're young. You just said you're, you're 31. And I was you're 31 fit, at like... the time. I'm 33 now. Yeah. Two years wow. ago. Wow. Wow. So, okay. So what, what did that do for... I don't know. Did it affect the way you run your business? Did it affect the way you run your life, um, how you live? I think it just made me appreciate things a lot more. I think we have this delusion that we think we have an endless life or we think life will be forever, but we actually don't. And it's allowed me to really kind of focus 
my time and realize yeah. that I don't know when I'm going to leave and I want to live my best life every moment that I can. Yeah, that that's that's good perspective and it, it kind of seems like the 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 obvious takeaway and the obvious truth but most of us we really don't live that. Um I I had an event not anything dramatic like that. I tripped over my fucking dog, my pug. I was a little bit drunk, fell on my face, broke my nose 2 weeks ago. You can still see the band-aid. Um, and when I went to the doctor, uh, they said there might be a brain infection. And when he said that it, the stress of that made me pass out. Like I was fine. There's no brain infection, but the stress of that was enough to make me pass out and like, make me think, wow, I, I got to reprioritize some shit. So I can't imagine what going through, like you actually almost really did die. Like you could have, you easily could have died. Um, I can't imagine how powerful of an experience that must have been for you. Like, have you gotten back in touch with people you lost touch with or family members? Like, I don't want to pry too much, but how much did it change everything for you? It just made me appreciate life a lot more. I mean, getting closer to people, not closer to people. It was just kind of, I found out the people that actually loved me and they were closer to me in life and the people that didn't kind of went away. And so I just experienced a better version of life. Yeah. Awesome. I have a lot more gratitude. I have a lot more gratitude for being here. Yeah. And you, you said you're going on a trip to, to Europe is, is part of it just like live, living more. No, I work 24 like seven. <laughs> yeah, I just work. So you're going to be working while you're there. It's a, it's going to be a work Absolutely. trip. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a work trip. That's, that's dedication. Um, all right. So, so on to, to Zion. Um, like I said, I've been investing in Bitcoin for a long time, uh, but we're not very techie here. So I heard that Zion runs on the lightning network. Um, this audience, you got to understand this audience is mostly parents. We're, we're older. We're about a decade older than you. Can you explain, like, give us the baby steps version of what the lightning network actually is? Yeah. So lightning network is layer two Bitcoin. Uh, what the second layer means is that it's a system that's built on top of the Bitcoin blockchain that allows transactions to move much faster. Um, okay. they're, they clear a lot faster. They allow for peer-to-peer -peer transfer much faster um, through nodes on the network. So instead of having to write a transaction to the entire globe every time you transfer money to somebody else, it's done in a in a peer-to-peer -peer way without this huge ledger that's required to write to it. That's why it's faster for smaller amounts of transactions. Okay. But per my understanding of Bitcoin, isn't the fact that it it's on the giant ledger and everybody can verify it. Isn't that what makes it safe and secure? So are you you're removing it from that? Um, if at the base layer, I mean, it depends how, how deep, how much time do you have? So I, I can get into the complexity. It's, it's not, I don't think I'm equipped to be able to give you a 10 second overview of how lightning works. Okay. I'm not really that, 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 like I'm not that good on lightning. Um, but yes, eventually when the transaction needs to be finalized and cleared, I write it to the Bitcoin blockchain between in closing a channel. Okay. So it sounds like it goes on a smaller channel to make it faster. And then a bigger channel verifies it. Is that kind of like ballpark version of it? That would be a great ballpark version of it. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. So tell us what Zion is and what so you Zion is to accomplish with yeah, it. Yeah. You know, we're trying to solve for three things on Zion. Number one, we're trying to solve for payments. We're trying to solve for identity and we're trying to solve for data storage and messaging. So we're using three particular specifications to do that. Number one is we use the Lightning Network for peer-to-peer -peer payments between people. We think Bitcoin is the most immutable money ever created. Uh, then we're using DIDs as the identifier. So when you join Zion, you have a decentralized identifier. 
And then everyone gets a decentralized web node as the, the proxy to move data within that system. So what we're really excited about is this is the first time an app can be really interoperable across a new type of a web standard. And so think of DIDs as the same way as like www.whateveryourwebsiteis.com. It's, it's this universal identifier that any browser can access files at all times. Um, so what the mm-hmm. web did um, for what DNS did for the web, DIDs are going to do for applications. Okay. So like the way uh, we have a, a website, the dadpresents.com, the way that we can take that website and put it um, on other servers or other providers, we can take it with us. Is that what a DID is? But like with your exactly. information? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and again, you can, we can get into a lot more details around this, t- the technical thing, but the whole idea is that you get to own everything for the first time on the web, which is really exciting. Own everything. Now we're talking about like content I create. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, most people don't realize that they don't own anything on these centralized social networks. They don't own their identity. They don't own the photos, the videos, the messages, all that's owned by the company at any time you could be turned off. It sounds yes. like you've been turned off at some point. Yes. So it's one of those things is we want to give ownership back to individuals. Okay. Yes. That's huge. And if people don't realize that's what's going on yet, like people listening to this show, get it. Um, it, it happened to us. We we were interviewing doctors during COVID. We had three different doctors on who didn't go, you know, lock and step with the mainstream narrative and Twitter just straight up canceled us. Like we didn't say any, we didn't say anything inflammatory. We didn't threaten anyone. It was nothing. It was interviewing doctors. They canceled the whole page, 8,000 followers, Facebook. We had a, we have a following of about 70,000. The post used to be seen. Any post would be seen by 25,000 people roughly. Now they're seen by like 2,500. YouTube took us down for a while. Like, yeah, we don't own shit. So so you intend to solve that. So can you can you go a little deeper into like what what your plan is and how it is secure? Yeah. So the whole idea is that an individual first creates their decentralized identity onto the Zion app. And then we're using this open source standard called a decentralized web node that allows you to access data and content within that server infrastructure. So one of the things I'm actually trying to do is figure out how to dumb a lot of this technical speak down. And I'm having trend. Uh, challenges in doing that because it's a very complex system. Um, So the idea is that the way websites are interoperable on the web, we want to make that for applications. So you get to own everything through a private and public key pair. Yes. But okay. So you compare it to like a website. Yeah. But we, we know like, okay, going back to what was, what was the competitor for Twitter? What was that one called? Briefly popped up. Um, Do you remember a couple years ago they had a, they had a, they had a competitor. It was like the number one app and, Parlor. Remember Parlor? Okay. Okay. And Parlor had a website and Amazon just removed the website. Yeah. So if you can just remove a website and make it go away, can that be done like to what you're talking about where you absolutely can be done. And that's why you have to have your own server infrastructure at, at another point. You're going to have to have actually the, the payment rail. So, you know, we, yes, um, that absolutely so that's the is, Bitcoin is, part of it. The, the lightning. No, network. N- no, no. The lightning network part of it is the, this open source standard application, um, data movement layer for money. Uh, it's, it's the interoperable monetary layer that you can move a payment inside of the open source lightning network. Okay. Okay. So it is, it is like you, you're, you're, you're asking a really honest question that like, if you're hosted on Amazon and Amazon turns you off, yeah, you disappear. Um, and those are, those are things that will fix over time. I think that 
no application can be fully decentralized when they launch. So it'll be it'll be time patterns of decentralization over time. That that's our mission is that we want to be around long enough to be able to get to that end state of decentralization. Okay. So like any new business or industry, you're just kind of attacking the problems one by one. Yeah, because the truth is this will take time to to build the new structures because ultimately we're still going to be on an app store to start. Uh, we're still going to be on Apple. We're still going to be, it, it, it's very hard in the current world to build everything from scratch in a decentralized yeah. way to survive. So the point is, is that we're implementing patterns early on to change. So most centralized social networks cannot build in these patterns because their their systems are so dependent on the first base layer of a centralized database. They can't work yes. on lightning. So what we're doing is we're building our technical architecture at the beginning to be able to decentralize over time. And a gotcha. lot of these companies are not really doing that. Everyone that I've seen is just building a highly centralized product with some marketing and branding around it, but isn't building in this new technical pattern. So the way to look at us is we're this really, really complex new type of protocol as important as TCP IP, HTTPS, SMTP. These are the things that make everything work on the internet. We're trying to build the next version of that. And, and the support is that we're trying to build a new type of network, not another walled garden. Right. Okay. So you're, so initially it will be dependent on like, cause I, sure. I downloaded the app yesterday to, to check it out. You got to go to the Apple iStore, but eventually once you get, once you get this DID up and running and it's solid, then you branch out and try to build more of an infrastructure. So it becomes independent from more all web, of that. More web app stuff. And over time we'll, we will be more decentralized, but it's decentralization over time. Absolutely. Okay. So that word, decentralization. It's a very appealing word to a guy like me, libertarian, other libertarians. Like, I don't, I don't know where you fall politically, but we're, we're libertarian here. We don't like government in our business. We don't like them controlling us. So decentralization, like that's what attracted me to Bitcoin a decade ago was like, here's money that government cannot control. They can't steal it from me. Um, they can't inflate it. It's, it's mine. So you yep. hear that, but that word decentralized has kind of been abused in the last five, six years, right? So totally. I, I only recently learned within the last year that, you know, they call things like Ethereum decentralized, but it's not because Ethereum is controlled by that creepy guy. What's his name? That skinny dude. I forget the Vitalik. Maybe, maybe he's your friend. I shouldn't call him creepy, but the guy who, the guy who invented Ethereum, he's in control of it, right? He changes something about the code it changes. Uh, Bitcoin's the only true decentralized currency. So um, you know, we also had on this show, uh, Charles Hoskinson, who made Cardano. And I also learned that's not completely decentralized because they are building Cardano behind the scenes, whereas Bitcoin, it's open source. And if you want to change something to Bitcoin, it, it breaks away from Bitcoin and becomes a new thing. So can you uh, talk about Zion? And is it more like something like a Ethereum or more like a Bitcoin? Like what is the what is the ultimate goal as far as we're, being decentralized? We're not we're not any of those things. So I, I think you have to remember that Cardano and Ethereum, um, and particularly the tokens around them are companies and securities. So yes. Ether Ether is a security. The token on Cardano is a security. I would argue illegal securities because they're not regulated by federal authorities, which they will be. And all these people are going to probably go to jail at some point, but that's a whole other topic. Okay. 
Bitcoin is digital property. It doesn't have a company behind it. It doesn't have anyone that that stands behind it. It's it's a it's an open source infrastructure. It's a payment infrastructure technology. And when you acquire a Bitcoin, you're acquiring digital property. Zion is a company. It's a Delaware C Corp that is building technology on top of this. We don't have a token. We don't have a blockchain. We don't apply legal securities. We're just building an open source infrastructure that allow people to communicate using the Lightning Network, DIDs, and decentralized web nodes. So we're not any of those things. The point of decentralization is the technology that we're using. Bitcoin is a decentralized network, so we're using that as those elements. People eventually will be able to host their own node, their own decentralized web nodes for data storage. Um, Zion will provide the first one, but over time, you can use our open source code to do it. And that's the path to decentralization. The payment network we use is decentralized, but Zion itself at this stage of its infancy is not. We are centralized in a lot of the things that we do. So I'm not trying to miscategorize what we're doing in any way, shape, or form, but the payment network we use is decentralized. Get it. Yes. No, it's it's all very confusing. It's confusing because it's brand new. What you guys are doing is is brand new. Because of course, yeah, I went on to Coin Market Cap to look up Zion and it doesn't exist. So there's no token. Like you can't. Yeah, we're not. We're not. Zion. There's no tokens. There's no yeah. none of that bullshit. No, 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 right. no, 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 no. Very clear. We do not have a token. We're not providing illegal securities on the web, and we're not building a blockchain. Yes. So you're building something that will allow people to decentralize their own content. Your company itself, you are you are a company, you guys are working on this company, but what you're building will allow people to decentralize their own uh, content. Over, over time. Exactly. Yes. Over time. In time. Awesome. In time. Are there, are there like, because this is so brand new and so cutting edge and, and very exciting, are you the only ones doing this right now or are there, are there competitors? Like, is this, is there a race to see who can get this done? I'm not really sure. I, I don't really know. I focus on the work I'm doing. I'm not, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. All right. And is this your first venture or have you done other things in the past? No, this is, uh, I had my first exit in 2016. Uh, I'm on the Forbes list. So I've, I've been a very accomplished entrepreneur in the past. Okay. All right. Yeah. If people, I assume there's, since you can't, since there's no coin, uh, this is not a public company. I assume there's investment money behind this. Is that uh, still mostly, open? Mostly, mostly my own capital is kind of what's been building it. And then we do have a few investors that are involved in the company, correct? Okay. All right. Um, do you have any projection dates for when you're hoping this or that will be ready? The V2, we launched the V2 in August. We have thousands of people that were using the app and um, we're lo- working on the V2. We're a few months away from actually getting a, a targeted timeline on when we're going to be able to release the second version of the application. Okay. Um, it sounds to me like everything that you're building, right? So we had we had the internet come up and we had the dot-com bubble. Then we had social media come up mm. and that's taken over everybody's life it, you know people are consumed by social media this sounds like something that could be you know they're talking about the next thing like it's going to be a uh, vr um in in the meta world and all that but this sounds like something that if it is successful is the future could this be something that kills the current social media model like facebook and twitter like could it put them ultimately out of business could this be the next huge thing i hope so I, I hope that we can build a system that allows users to own everything. Um, that's really my hope. 
I hope that we can build a system that allows for a lot more freedom and sovereignty within that ecosystem. And we're not kind of controlled by these tech overlords. That's what a big part of my book is. So I wrote a book called Unapologetic Freedom, and I outlined the history of censorship, the history of centralized social media. And I really hope that this would provide a new richer path for individuals across the web, because we have the technology now to be able to build these open decentralized systems. And, and I, I really hope that there's an opportunity there to, to build something in a new way and in a new pattern most effectively. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. Like it, all these things that are coming up, like Bitcoin, like Zion, they, they paint this picture. I don't want to use the word utopia, but for a libertarian, a guy who believes in freedom, it, it, it points to the direction going. Like we ha- seems like society's in a struggle. We have these authoritarians who are trying to grab all of the power and clamp us all down and put all these rules on us. And then we have these other renegades, guys like you, who are building these decentralized structures who give the power back to the people. And it feels like it's coming to an epic head at some point. Like I know. I don't know. I feel like at some point government is going to go after Bitcoin. They cannot allow Bitcoin to become like mainstream. If it becomes mainstream, they they lose power. They lose the power to control uh, the monetary supply. That would be very bad for government. I feel like the same kind of thing as Zion becomes successful and bigger, you're going to face those same challenges. Have you Have you had any interference from government yet? Do you anticipate that? We're, we're too small to matter, I think, at this point. Um, I think the regulation on the actual digital property is a good thing. I think regulation is great. I, I would love regulation in this industry. I, I think that we should have more laws in place on how all this stuff works. How do peer-to-peer transfers work on the web? I think that the government should definitely clamp down on what's happening in uh, the crypto ecosystem at large. Um, you saw $200 billion worth of value getting wiped, Terra Luna destroyed yep. in terms of a token, and a lot of retail getting destroyed as a result of that. And I, and I encourage government regulation and all those things. Um, so no, we haven't had any issues, but nobody knows who we are. We're kind of a very small, nobody, you know, we haven't made any impact yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you do, you're going to feel it. We're, we're going to have to disagree on the the regulation side of things because i you know if if you just pay attention to wall street they're they're regulated to hell and all it does is it, it puts more power in their hands and takes it away from the regular consumer like the regulations never benefit the little guy but that's a conversation for just a completely different time um what is your like big vision on this what are you hoping this becomes i think that having a place and being this future payment processor for the creator economy is is what I'm envisioning Zion to be. I think that a place where you can go and, and transfer small amounts of Bitcoin between any individual globally at the speed of light for any specific thing, maybe it's a piece of advice, maybe it's a task, maybe it's a video, maybe it's a piece of content. I think that's the future that I want to live in and mm-hmm. create a more peer-to-peer digital ecosystem on the web. That's what I'm very hopeful for in the world. Okay, so let's let's play this out a little bit. So Zion is out there, it's it's successful. The dad presents, we take this show, we take it off of Facebook, we take it off of Spotify, and we put it, we put it on Zion. Um, so 
are we we now have a network where our viewers can they pay us bitcoin like do we charge them uh do we have the option to charge them or is it like a voluntary type of thing how does that look it's however you want to build your own community so we offer many different ways for the community to be built cost to join cost per message cost per piece of content so it's it's very elastic in how you decide you want the community to be built. Um, we're we're awesome. not deciding anything. That's why we're open source, and um, we want there to be this kind of open way of you deciding how you want to monetize your community at large. So this is why we think there's an this will kind of replace Patreon in a lot of ways. We think that we compete with Patreon. We think that it will replace Circle. We think that it will replace some of these other token projects that are trying to create creator coins, for example, that's where I feel that we have the most impact. Yeah, that would be great. Well, I mean, I like Patreon in that, you know, it, it allows you connect to connect with your viewer and they can pay you. But we learned quickly that Patreon, it's not decentralized, they censor. So let, let's talk about censorship. So Patreon censors, they've taken people off their platform. Yeah. Um, what will the censorship capabilities be for something like Zion from a, from a central point of view? Like, you, Justin, will you be able to censor this show once it's up up and running on your platform? The, the goal is not to. That's the, the goal is to build a system that is that is open, that is free, that allows people to be able to communicate um, openly without any central authority. That's why we're building inside of these technical patterns. Um, so that's my hopefulness of what I'd like to build. Um, how we get there along the way might change, but that's what I, that's what I'd like to build. All right. So then that's fantastic. I love that. But then the next logical question is, okay, so you, you, you succeed, you build Zion in a way that you cannot censor this show, this show then hypothetically does some, says something, let's say illegal, right? Are you liable for that as the, the creator of Zion? I think that we're trying to build a utility, not a platform. That's the difference is that, you know, have we, if, if you make a phone call to somebody on a Verizon phone, using a Verizon phone line, do you, and you say something and you've planned something illegal per se, is Verizon responsible for that? Um, is the, um, the people that built the wires in which the data transferred into your computer, are they liable? Is, is the ISP liable? Is Apple liable? Because this is the laptop that we're using to communicate under. So I think the, the closer we are to the rails, the more important, and, and that's what we want to be. We want to be very close to building on the rails. And there might be an application that is built that's called Zion, and that might be this separate app in this separate way. But Ultimately, we want to build the infrastructure for other apps to be built on. That's really the the protocol in which we want to bring to the world. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that you compared it to utility because when when Facebook came out, that's how I viewed it as being like a utility. Like this is something everybody can use. Like the phone lines, uh, the phone lines do not they don't um, censor right? Anybody can make a phone call, say anything. Now, if you get busted, you know, planning a bombing or something, you're going to jail, but anybody can use it for anything. And that's what I thought these social networks were going to be utilities. And they were given special provisions by government. And these special provisions led me to believe that they would be used like utilities. 
but they're not. So that's the fact that that's your vision is you want to build a utility. That's beautiful. That is what we need. Um, man, I, I, I hope you are successful and I, I hope, I know this audience will be excited about that. Now here, here's a question for someone like me, someone like our viewers, you're, you're a younger guy. You grew up with all this stuff. Like this is second nature to you and you work in it for people, my age, I'm almost 50. Um, even though, and I've been in Bitcoin since 2014. So I do read a lot about it, but it's not second nature to me. Crypto is not second nature to me. The internet is not, I didn't have the internet till I was in my twenties, right? Didn't exist. I didn't have a cell phone till I was 25. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you translate this new technology, the importance of it, the technical aspects of it to guys, my age, like when the VCR came out, took a lot for my generation to teach that to our parents, how are you going to teach our generation, how to understand this stuff. So I think that's part of the guide and the creators that we bring along board. And, and the idea is to op, obfuscate, obfuscate some of the technology. It should be hidden to you. You know, I'm explaining some of the technical diagrams because I think the technical approach is important, but I don't believe that you should have any, like it should be invisible to you that you have a DID, decentralized web node, you're using the Lightning Network, all of it should be invisible. The technology underneath should be invisible, but still provide you the same service. So for you, it will be no different than any other application. That's our job is to make it as easy as possible, but built in these technical patterns. The, the reason I'm explaining it in this way is I really want people to know, like from my heart, is that we're not building the same thing. That's the really, really important aspect is when I go on these podcasts and I'm spending time to talk to you is that we're not building the same thing. Everyone's got the same thing basically out there. We're building in this new way. For you, it will be no different. It might look like a normal application, but the underneath and how it's built and the energy behind it is a lot different because it's much harder to do what I'm doing. It's very hard technically to build in this pattern. So that's that's how I would think about it is it's not... It doesn't look any different to you. It look like a normal application, but everything around it is different. The inside is different. Um, right. Okay. So it's like it's like a television. Like I turn on my TV, I can watch a movie. I can't explain to you how fucking Game of Thrones ended up on my TV, but I know how to turn it on. That's what exactly. you're hoping to provide. Like I'll exactly. know how to use it. I don't need to understand how it works. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the way that I would probably think about it. Okay. All right. Good. I mean, I like to understand things that I'm that I'm using, but that. But most people don't. They just want it to be easy. So if it gets to the point where it's where it's easy, you're going to be a massive success. Um, that's the goal. That, yeah. that, that's at least that's the lens that I'm 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 keeping on there. That's the lens that I'd like to to have for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And if you look back at the early days of the internet, like building a website, I remember when it when it came out. I wanted to build a website. I had ideas, but I couldn't could not wrap my brain of, around how to do it. You know, 10 lays, ten years later, you have things like Squarespace and, and whatnot, where it becomes point and click. Okay, now I'm going to put up a website. All you got to do is you point and click and you put the thing here and you put the thing here. It's very easy. Any moron can do it. So we're at, we're at level one right now. A decade from now, this is going to be any grandpa can do it. That's that, the goal. That, that's the goal. I think yeah. that's, for, for me, absolutely, that's the goal. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. So going back to something you said earlier, it kind of caught me off guard. You said you thought everybody messing in some of these cryptos like Ethereum, Cardano, that these people would end up in jail. Is it because you think, <laughs> is it because you think they're doing something evil they and are. unethical? These are, these are illegal securities. Well, illegal is not always the same as unethical. Are, are they behaving unethically? 
illegal is illegal. I think um, if you sell illegal securities, you're not following the law. There's SEC laws in place for selling securities to individuals without regulation, without hindrance. And what you're seeing is now retail is finally really getting hurt in this bear market. You're seeing a lot of people lose tremendous amounts of wealth. You look at all the amount of insider trading happening in all these particular categories. I think at some point, it's going to come to judgment and saying, you know what, these, these have been securities all along. And we've been dishing them out to people uh, without actually giving them the information that they should have. And yes, you are responsible for your own capital, but at the same time, um, there is this kind of idea of protection of individuals. And so there's securities, that's it. It's very simple. And the more people that get hurt, the more regulation that will come down. And I think we've we've toted this line for too long of this community saying they're not, but I, I do think they are securities and they should be treated as such. And they should be treated with such regulation. The ability that someone can just start a token and gain money from people without any regulation, it's not how the world works. Okay, true. Um, again, I, I don't think um, illegal and unethical are the same, but the way you're describing it does sound a little unethical. Secu- securities also. law is securities law. It's, yes. not, it's not an unethical true. thing. I'm not talking about ethics here. Right, I'm talking right. about securities law. And securities Under- law like in understood. place for, for specific reasons. Yes, understood. To protect so, people. Yes, if they start doing that, when they start doing that, as we already know, Bitcoin is different than these other things. Is there danger that Bitcoin will get taken down in the regulations of these other things? Is that impossible? And if, if it starts to happen to Bitcoin, does it start to happen to companies like yours? I don't know what taken down means exactly. What, like, what do you mean by taken down? Well, if we're talking about regulations on these securities, could Bitcoin be uh, lumped in as a security with all these others? It doesn't follow the tests of a security. A security is issued by an individual or a company. Right. Bitcoin is not given by an individual or a company. Um, you buy it. Do you to think the people the in government are smart enough to understand the difference? Like, do you think those I, guys really I, get it? I, I think they are because there's there's tests that you follow to to establish the security. Is it established by a corporation? There's no corporation that you can tie Bitcoin to by any means. Uh, does it increase value of a particular corporate stock or entity? No, it doesn't follow any of that specific test. Is there a particular shareholder or owner or key person you can go to and say, what are you doing with this Bitcoin? Does it, who are you going to call? Um, whereas every other token of the 16,000 have mm-hmm. a founder, have a corporation, have a company behind them, Companies' value increases. Mm-hmm. There's control in systems, regardless of them calling it decentralized or the way that they build the thing. So ultimately, everything else passes this test as a security. Yes. Bitcoin does not. So I so, think there's this. So it, it's just it's just looking at the logical tests of what a security is. But yeah, I don't, I'm not an expert on this stuff. This is just a personal opinion where why did we build Zion on Bitcoin? It's very important. It's yes. important to all these That's specific. That's why I asked, yeah. Well, yeah. So assuming... Yeah, I I understand the difference. And assuming government follows those logical pathways you just laid out, yeah, they can't label it a security. I just don't, if they start taking these down, I don't trust that they won't just lump it in with everything else, given the fact that it is such a threat to government power. That that's that's what I fear because I do think you're right. We what we saw with with Luna for people who aren't aware Luna went down lost like I don't know 99% of its value because it was a fraud. I think that's definitely woken a lot of people up and it's a bummer. It's a bummer. A lot of people some people lost everything on that. So 
that when things like that happen and doesn't necessarily when when it happens to a regular guy, nothing necessarily happens. But there are also institutions who are invested in that. And when they lose money, then government tends to get involved. Totally. Um, so I do think that will happen. Um, all right, Justin, uh, great interview. I understand it much better than I did 45 minutes ago. You mentioned your book. Where can people find your book? Where can people find out more about Zion? Yeah. So um, you could go to getzion.com, sign up for the newsletter. We're going to give updates all the time. My book is called Unapologetic Freedom. Um, the endorsement on the cover is done by Tony Robbins. JP Sears did the forward. Aubrey Marcus and Mark Moss also did. So you can go to un- unapologeticfreedombook.com or go on Amazon. Just search Unapologetic Freedom. It's the only book that has that title out there. Uh, you can search for me, Justin, at Justin Resvani anywhere. It would it would mean a lot if you bought the book um, just to see kind of my path on on how we talk about censorship and a solution around it. And if you're a freedom-minded individual, this book is definitely just down your path. Yes. I, I ordered it yesterday for the record. I'm definitely going to read it on my flight to Pennsylvania, as we talked about. Um, I didn't realize, are you partners with Aubrey Marcus and JP Sears? Because those guys are both awesome. Yeah, those are they're both shareholders in the business. So oh, they're no involved. kidding. They're involved in the company. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I mean, JP Sears puts out like the best content out there. So if if a guy like that is on board with this, then then I think our audience will will love it. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope you enjoy your your vacation slash work in Europe, and um, hoping we have you back in a year or so when this is further along. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate your time. All right, take care.